Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by T.J. Peterson and Greg Ferriola. They are business-based artist development experts, and what they do is they help DYI musicians develop, scale, and launch their music careers with their six-week signature program. So we're going to be talking to them all about that and how they got their start. And if you are a DYI musician, this is the episode for you. So guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you yeah, so much for having uh, us. We really appreciate it. Why don't you start off by telling each one of you, telling the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, okay. Yeah, I guess I'll go first. Cause like I'm, yep. I'm chatty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you know, both actually both TJ and I've been working in the industry for about 15 years. And and we primarily work for the legendary producer, recording artist uh, Nile Rogers. And after working years for him, both as you know, assistants and we're also musicians ourselves, we over time essentially just kind of got to the point in our careers where we wanted to give some some stuff back to the community. And we really believed that, you know, independent musicians needed help <laughs> with their careers because just from our own experience as artists ourselves, that we really wanted to figure out a way that we could help them with their their careers. So we took all our knowledge and stuff that we learned from, you know, working from Nile and, you know, started looking in ways that we can teach from the business side of the industry, because that's kind of essentially what we found was the number one question that they had was how do I take my music and actually sell it? So, you know, our background is just essentially, you know, we've done everything from working tours to coordinating rock and roll concerts to running record labels, you know, marketing contracts, a little bit of everything. And we really, you know, have used all that knowledge to, you know, help musicians that we work with. Okay. Next. Um, yep. Greg and I have very similar uh, professional backgrounds. I kind of came up right behind him and replaced him as he advanced into the record label side of things. And then I, you know, he kind of, uh, I don't know, I guess he saw the potential in me and kind of dragged me along, you know, so I was kind of fallen in his wake throughout my career. And, and then we, yeah, we, we kind of branched out on our own. Um, so yeah, basically everything, everything Greg experience i i experienced this as well as we have very similar backgrounds in that in that regard well how did you guys get your start in, in the industry what made you guys want to be musicians how did you end up working for now rogers um so for me i mean i've done music my entire life and it was like even my family is very heavily into doing music and when i decided that i wanted music to be my career i was fortunate enough to connect with a mentor that lived in new york that ran a private group for musicians. Her name was Ann Ruckert. She was, you know, an absolutely amazing person. And she taught me everything about being a professional in the industry, the work ethic, the musicianship. And after, you know, studying with her for some time, um, she actually placed me working for Nile and uh, got me my start and my foot in the door. And at the time, you know, I wasn't like 19 or 20, just kind of out of college. I was, you know, 27, you know, just really 
making a change in my life from what I was doing in insurance to music. So she was instrumental in in, in placing me with with Niall. And uh, it was, you know, I'm grateful to her because I wouldn't be where I am today without her. And yeah, for me, I, uh, I've been in a band since I was in middle school. And so I'm always, I've always been interested in music, songwriting, singing, performing, all that stuff. And um, I was, I, I graduated in 2008. So it was a pretty brutal time to graduate. There wasn't a lot out there. So at the time I got the job, I was actually working as a, um, as a musical director for like children's, like middle school plays. So I was doing that. And then I heard about the opportunity to work with Niall and I, I jumped at that opportunity and never looked back. So uh, yeah, that, you know, that's, uh, it was, it was definitely needed. I was very excited to start working for Niall because I, uh, it was, you know, that was not, was not getting paid very well doing what I was doing, although it was fun and, and, and fulfilling, but um, you know, I was, I was happy to move over to the production side of things. And then eventually the record label, the record label also, was was focused on video game soundtracks and i've also been a very uh, big video game fan for years so it was kind of a it's kind of a match made in heaven music and video games and all that stuff it's just my interests all kind of collided and it was exciting well let's talk about a business plan as it applies to a musician what's in a uh, musician's or what should be in a musician's business plan well a musician's business plan you know, all kind of starts with the relationship between the artist and their audience. Because at the end of the day, if you want to have a full-time career, it's that relationship that's really going to support you moving forward. And the whole purpose around the business plan is that you can plan out a strategy for what it is that you want to do with your career and figure out all the things that you're going to need to do and get to be successful. And what's in a business plan besides the information about who you are as an artist and your audience is all the ways that you're going to connect with them. So the the channels, are you going to be on social media? Are you, know, are you going to play live shows? If so, what kind, et cetera. And what it really kind of breaks down is it helps you kind of deconstruct and look at your career almost as if it was a puzzle. Because at the end of the day, when you're developing a career for yourself, it's going to be unique. You know, because you as an artist is unique, as is your audience. So it's not just about creating music and releasing it and hoping something happens or waiting to get discovered by someone that's going to give you a career, as we all see in the movies. It's about, you know, figuring out what it is that you love about your music, um, about your beliefs and all that, and how those overlap with your audience. And then through your social media channels, your live shows, your content that you create, developing an experience that keeps your audience kind of tied to your career. So it really is about learning about who you are and who your audience is. And your business plan helps you sketch out the plan for figuring all that out. And it includes things like, you know, the channels where you connect, the activities you do, the teams that you're going to be, people that you're going to be working with and, you know, basic stuff too, like how you're going to earn money and what your expenses are going to be. But all those things are important because at the end of the day, no matter what profession that you're going to go into, every business has a plan for being successful. And for a musician, it's no different. Well, let's expand on discovering the desires of your audience. Some musicians might hear you say that and, you know, look at that as selling out. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, this is a question I think that we've gotten a lot throughout the years. 
And, you know, it's, it's, it's a struggle that we find a lot of artists have where they feel like it's compromising, it's compromising their art to learn the business side of things. Uh, but in all honesty, when you're pursuing a music career, the number one obstacle an artist has is themselves. It takes a lot of courage to put your personal thoughts and feelings into your music and release them. And your inner you know, voice, I think, is constantly fighting against you. So when we hear a lot of people think that it's selling out or whatever, that's their inner voice we have found that is just trying to hold them back from moving forward with their careers. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to tell a doctor he's selling out for charging, a teacher that they're selling out for getting paid for their career. And musicians put a lot of time, a lot of work into the art that they create, and they spend a lot of money doing it. So saying that you feel that you're selling out simply because you want to be compensated for the work that you do, you know, I just don't, we just don't feel like that's a really good point of view to have because the music industry has zero problems making money from music. So the artists really shouldn't have a problem with that either. If you really do have a problem charging, and we know some artists that do, you know, then it, then it's really more about it being a hobby for yourself than anything else. But if you really want to be able to wake up every day and do music for yourself, then you need to find a way to support yourself by doing it. Yeah. And typically when people talk about selling out, they're thinking of, um, you know, a record label telling them to change their sound or something like that, uh, you know, to be more commercial. And uh, while we do, you know, encourage people to talk to their audience about like what they want, and it's more so how they want to receive your art. It's not how they, they want to shape your art. It's like, you know, what kind of thing, what kind of revenue streams can you open up with them that they would respond to? Because as Greg was saying, at the end of the day, if you want it to be your business, you have there has to be some sort of transaction there. You can't just, you know, unchangingly send your art out there and demand people appreciate it for what it is and pay for it. You have to figure out, you know, through communication, a two-way process, you know, what it is your audience what's resonating with them and how they'd like to commodify that in a way that doesn't compromise your art, but it might be more creative in how you are presenting it to them or, you know, what kind of events you're putting on that kind of thing. I don't think we, we encourage people to change necessarily their music or the output of that, but, but the way it's presented in a more, in a more uh, pragmatic way for making money rather than, you know, just kind of throwing, throwing spaghetti against the wall, you know? Do you feel like today's artists should focus more on social media, email, and, and why? Um, yeah, so this is a common thing. So you know, the industry standard is you have to be big on social media to be successful. And you know, there's, there's some elements of truth to that, but we really stress more the importance of developing an email list. As a business in general, you need to own your connection with your audience because it allows you to communicate with them directly. You know, at the end of the day, when you think about social media, it's important to have a presence on there so you can engage with them. But social media algorithms make it very difficult to reach your entire list. You know, if you have a thousand, even 10,000 people following you, guarantee majority of them aren't seeing message that you create. And that's because, you know, social media platforms want you to pay for advertising. And that business model works for large businesses, but for an independent musician that most likely isn't generating a lot of income, they don't have the money to boost every single one of their posts simply so they can continue to build a relationship. So acquiring an email list is, is essential. 
because again, it allows you to directly communicate with them. But we also talk about the idea of what it means to collect someone's email address. When someone says, yeah, here, I want to give you my email address. It's because they have a real interest in who you are as an artist. And they're saying to you, I want to keep up to date on your career. You know, anyone will give you a follow on social media. They might give you a like, um, they might even give, you know, share your content, but someone that really wants to stay up to date on your career will give you their email address. So it's, it's an important process that I think a lot of artists today overlook and that they shouldn't because, you know, investing all of your time and energy into a social media platform could be detrimental to your career. And we always give the example of, you know, MySpace, because back in the day, MySpace was the place for musicians. And when Facebook came, you know, the field and they started to take away the business from MySpace, a lot of musicians lost their careers, you know, to that. And, you know, we always get the question of like, well, that's not going to happen today. Yeah, true. But, you know, a lot of musicians right now, you know, are on TikTok and the government is talking about, you know, you're regulating it or pulling it. And like, so you really never know what's going to happen, but any business out there has a customer list and, you know, you need to have a fan list for your audience. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to uh, the mailing list, like we, I always say, I don't care if you ever send a newsletter out or you send out one a year or whatever, but you should be asking people to join that, you know, quote unquote newsletter and to in collecting their emails all the time, every show, if you're not, if you're not collecting emails at your show, in, in 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 unless you're out there really networking and really leaving an impression and doing great you know you have a banner that's very clear and you're very vocal about what you want from your audience and where to follow you if you're not collecting email addresses you might as well not play that show it's it's a waste of your time because you're not growing your business as 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 successfully as you could be you're, it's wasted potential so in 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 terms of collecting email addresses absolutely very important um, with social media, I think uh, sometimes people put a little too much, um, you know, effort into it or, or or importance onto it because it is important to be present on, you know, all the social platforms and things for for the for the sake of, uh, you know, outreach, you know, reaching new people and 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 you know, casting that net net out there. But you need to do that wisely as well. I mean, you know, getting people to follow you on Instagram and and comment on your things and all that. Stuff, is great, but it doesn't mean anything because it's not because their followers, not fans. They're not they're You're not you. Have, there's more work to do. You need to create a customer funnel that's bringing them into your world, get letting them get to know you and you're collecting their email or selling them something. Because if you're not selling them something or collecting their email, they're just being they're just poof. They're out in, into the ether. You know, I, I and then the same goes with, you know, when people send their your their fans to Spotify or iTunes send them to your website where they can buy stuff and or stream stuff and collect an email address if you can you know you can set up your your website in a way that you can make sure you're collecting those email addresses as best you can um because again you have to start thinking of the lifetime of your customer not the $7 you'll get from your 10999 album on iTunes you know and then never hear from them again i'd rather you bring them to your website you could even sell your album cheaper there or even give it away for free collect an email address and sell to them forever every piece of merch you ever have every concert every album from then on you know that's how you build a career not not sending them out to be lost and never never to know who bought what or anything like that well what why do you guys think it's important for musicians to care about branding 
Yeah. I mean, this was actually a, an eye-opener for us when we first started doing the coaching because we worked in the industry for years and did marketing and and understood roughly, you know, the importance of a brand. But when we really started, you know, running some obstacles with our musicians that we were working with, we spoke with marketing experts. And, you know, the concept of a brand for most musicians, they think it's, you know, about their color schemes that they're using, their wardrobe, maybe their logo. And that's the visual elements of the brand. What we've really come to find is, and the reason why they should care so much about it is your brand provides the emotional hooks for why people should support your career. When people acquire like followers online, you know, on their social media, let's say, you know, the problem that they have, it's like them following and liking is not going to, you know, support them. It's not going to turn into money. You need to have a way transforms that follower into a fan and then from a fan into that, you know, a financial supporter. And, you know, you can do that at a live show by talking to people and getting to know everybody, but, you know, you can't be in front of your audience 24 seven. So when it comes to social media and online, you need to have a system that will nurture that relationship over time. And that's the importance of marketing and branding. So by putting out these emotional hooks that kind of, you know, portray your beliefs as a person, as an artist, the things that you're passionate about what people in your audience will see is like, oh, I have that in common with them. Oh, we have that similar interest. And it's these emotional hooks, which might be, hey, I'm into, I'm green, or I'm into this social cause, or, you know, I love yoga, or I love cooking, or I spend a lot of time with my family, or I'm just a parent, or, you know, I ex-military and, you know, I'm a vet, whatever. All these little hooks are you know, when you put them into your brand are ways that you can connect with people. Because it's like, you know, if you were in person at a bar, you could talk to somebody after the show and get to know them. And maybe you'd find you have one thing in common or or two things, or maybe a ton of things in common with them. But when you're online, you don't have that experience as thoroughly as being able to talk. So your brand puts those emotional hooks out there on a regular basis so that your audience can connect and see themselves in who you are and want to and that will make them want to support you more. And that's why a lot of artists who don't pay attention to their brand have a hard time getting more than just followers to support them. Yeah, exactly. Brand is emotion. It's it's not, you know, as Greg was saying, you have the color scheme and your wardrobe and all that. At the end of the day, all brand is, is conveying and, and, and evoking emotion from your, to and from your audience. Um, you know, and 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 when we sit down and focus on someone's brand, we're just being deliberate about making sure that that emotion is present in all of, all the things that they do. Making sure their art is present in more than just the music, in everything they they put out on social media or say to their audience on stage or anything like that. And just make sure that when you when you are doing that, you're not just kind of speaking. You're you're actually you're you're deliberately putting in that emotion that you might just kind of passively forget to do or or some people are just very good at it and just happen to be very uh, evocative in that way but we just make sure that everyone's focused on it and make sure that at least one of the you know five or so emotional hooks will identify are present in everything that they put out there Um, because that's what's moving the needle that's what people really respond to i mean you know there's so much music out there music just kind of washes over people but if you you know before say you're on stage before if you explain what that song's about before you play the first note and you tell the story behind it they're in 
they're involved. But if you if you just start playing, they might understand what it's about by the maybe the second chorus, you know, by, by the hook comes around again. And they're like, oh, I think this song is about this. And then you're, the song's over. But like if you tell that story up front, they're on from note one. And it's you're providing that emotional context that people need to really kind of pull them in. And what we are when we talk about branding, we're talking about providing that emotional context outside of just saying what a song's about you know it's just in everything in any way if you have an exercise i tell people is like think about you know the first artist you ever fell in love with like the one you were 13 years old or something and you were just obsessed with them i'll bet that it wasn't purely your love of that music that brought you in it was so it was something about what they represented or a scene they were a part of or a message they were putting out that you really gravitated toward and you needed to be upset you were obsessed with everything they did and you know something like that and it's like you need to do that for your fans you need to provide those extra that extra context for them to grab onto because otherwise they're just they just like your song and they're not going to dig into your career and try and find who you are and be a part of your world you need to provide that's emotion that does that so that's what brand is emotion not not colors not style necessarily can you explain the value of music as a sales versus promotional item? Yeah, absolutely. So we actually, again, when we start working for Nile, you know, we spent the majority of our years working digital distribution. And again, primarily in video game soundtracks, which at the time was pretty unknown. We were the only label doing it. So we learned early on, you know, obviously music has a sales value, it always has, you know, you can sell, you know, a stream, you can sell an album, whatever, it makes you a certain amount of money. But, you know, there is a certain amount of value from a promotional level. And this has taken more center stage as the value of uh, music has dropped, you know, once digital did hit, you know, you could stream a song for less than a fraction of a penny. So selling music wasn't really what a lot of artists were living off of. And you start had to start looking at, you know, what more value you could get out of your music. And one of the things that we always tell our artists is music is marketing in the sense of your music is the gateway to who you are as an artist. It is your best advertisement. And, you know, if you, let's say, for example, gave a song away for free, you know, some artists have a problem with that because it's like, I just spent X thousands of dollars recording that song and writing it for years and whatever. And now I'm just giving it away for free. And like, you know, that from an artist perspective, that, that feels probably horrible, <laughs> but you know, from a business perspective, giving that track away in exchange for, let's say an email address, you know, for the 99 cents that you would sell it on iTunes or even direct through your site, you know, is valuable from a marketing standpoint and a promotional standpoint, because once you have that email address, going back to kind of what we were talking about earlier, you can build a relationship with that, that fan, get to know them, invite them to a show, sell them to a t-shirt, tell them a t-shirt, you know, and over time, maybe make $10, $100, thousands of dollars, depending on how good you do. So, you know, in today's industry, we really look at it more as music being a promotional item than even a sales item. It's not you know, you don't want to neglect the idea of trying to sell it when you can. But, you know, if you think that you spend, you know, a few thousand dollars or even, you know, close to $10,000 recording an album, you know, the only real expense that a musician had that can cost potentially as much is marketing and advertising your your music and what you're selling. So use, utilizing those assets in a way that helps you bring a fan or follower into your community so that you can nurture that so you can sell them more that's 
the real value in our minds where music matters as a promotional item over a sales item. TJ, I feel like you always talk about this better in some ways. You explain this. <laughs> well, that's that's a lot of pressure to put on me, but no, I, I, I would say. I like doing I that say, to you. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, um, yeah, we tell our students, our clients, you know, you, you're an entrepreneur at the end of the day. You're, you're going to, you're going to, you're building a community and you're going to, I hate to say exploit them, but you're going to try and make money from that community that you're building in any way you can. It, it ends at create the end of your creativity that your imagination is is as far as you you can take your career in terms of what kind of revenue streams you can open up with this with this community you're building um you know you could uh, you could take people tailgating you know it has nothing to do with music but you you, you buy you rent a bus and you and you charge heads but like people want to be a part of your world you built this social network of people you are the social director of this community uh, and that's and when that's what an entrepreneur does you know that you 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 reach out you make a business and you apply an audience with a product and however successfully you do that is how successful you are as an entrepreneur the the leg up you have over every other entrepreneur is you are a musician and and the first thing people have with you is an emotional connection that music moves them and it's it's why they trust you it's why they you know want to be around you appreciate the things that you say so, yeah, if you think about it that way, you know, your music is just your kind of your hidden asset that other entrepreneurs don't have. And and to exploit that doesn't mean to necessarily sell it. It could be to bring people into this community you're building and be as creative as you want with the way the things and the things you do, just the things you sell to them and the things you do with them. So, um, yeah, just think of it more like a strategy. It's like, you know, use your music to people in into your music world that you create for them so that you can continually sell them on other things. And that's where I think a lot of musicians, you know, sometimes lose the sales idea where it's just like, Hey, I want to sell this song because I just spent all this money. Like I said earlier, but it's really about getting them into your community and world so that you can continually sell to them. And some people push back against the idea of like, that's like not, you know, sometimes with these revenue streams we think of and stuff, that's not music. That's not what I want to do. But it's like, you can't just sit in your room and collect Spotify numbers. It's not going to pay the bills. You have to get creative with the things that you do it, you know, and, and as long as you choose, you know, as long as you choose things that make you happy, you'll be happy with your career. You just, you don't have to do anything that, that you don't want to do when you're, when you're your own boss. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, let's talk about some of the ways because, you you know, a lot of musicians, they might spend more money on their career than they actually make. But let's talk about some of the ways that musicians can earn money. Right. So, I mean, there are this, there are the standard music, you know, revenue streams, you know, music sales, live shows, which involve everything from between club gigs to house concerts to playing festivals. Um, there are a large assortment of ways that you can utilize, you know, live shows to generate income. And then there's also things like, you know, selling merchandise, all the staples, you know, more in the digital age now, patronage has kind of become a thing, you know, sites like Patreon, where you're selling a subscription service to support your career or, you know, crowdfunding sites, Kickstarter, where you can, you know, bring an income in. And then there's, you know, the other traditional things like getting sponsors as you get bigger and music and licensing. So those are the areas when people are first entering their career that they kind of zero in on because that's as a musician, what you should do. You should you know, start by selling music, play some live shows. And then as you develop an audience, then you begin to, you know, 
add merchandise based off of the kind of stuff that your fan base is interested in purchasing. Uh, and then, you know, once you're kind of past those first initial three, you start to explore, like, do I see myself being on, you know, a Patreon? And is that how I'm going to interact and sell, you know, to my audience? Maybe I'm going to really do it just solely through live shows. Um, then as I grow, I can add a revenue stream like sponsorship because I have a large audience that they're trying to connect with. So there are a lot of different ways, but for every artist, it's really about, again, going through the experimentation process of learning what they like and then where their audience actually is and then developing a business plan around that that utilizes those income streams. That being said, one of the very cool things, and I think most most interesting and valuable things that we found as we started doing coaching all these years ago and working with artists was that we found that a lot of the artists that we work with weren't just musicians. Some of them were graphic artists, some of them like designing wardrobe, some of them were actors, some of them were into film. They had other creative uh, areas that they were really passionate about. And, you know, we would get asked all the time, it's like, well, what do I do? Like, can I, can I incorporate this into my career? Do I have to choose between the two? And so very early on, we realized that like, you know, no, you should incorporate anything, anything that you're really passionate about and go into your music career. And it really, you know, when you think about, uh, you know, you always hear people talk about music needs to find, you know, a musician needs to find their niche so they can kind of stand out. And everyone, everyone always kind of thinks of that as being like, I need to make my music different. I need to make my wardrobe different. I need to do something crazy that like really helps stand out. But creating a niche for yourself in the industry, we find is simply about highlighting who you are and the things you like doing. So, you know, as you explore all these different revenue streams where you are maybe connecting with your audience on, you know, in all these different areas that I just previously spoke about, is fine. But where your niche kind of comes in is when you decide, you know what, I am a graphic artist and I like making show posters for bands. And so that's part of my music career too. Or I have this whole wardrobe line that I've designed and that's going to be part of my, my career. Or I'm going to, you know, I'm really big on the environment. And so when I'm, you know, singing for X, Y, and Z, I'm going to do songs that are environmentally conscious and, you know, do charity events and work with organizations that supply stuff for green corporations and make money by doing those things. So like, what's really cool about, you know, our artists, they'll incorporate things like, they're, you know, they're a yoga instructor and a musician or, you know, any of the things I previously named and they incorporate it into their career acting, you know, Hey, I'm an actor part of the time I'm doing this. And then the other time I'm doing my music, but when I'm acting, I'm still promoting the work that I do musically. I connect with filmmakers so that I can, you know, shoot my music videos, but then that also helps my acting career. So at the end of the day, you know, I think what we really try to preach, you know, I think TJ might slightly touched upon this earlier is at the end of the day, your job is to work for yourselves. And that's what we work on helping musicians do coming up with a custom plan for their career that involves all these different ways that you not only can earn money from music, but just earn money from the things that you love. And at the end of the day, by incorporating not only the music ways that you can earn money along with the things that you love doing, you can create a unique career for yourself that makes you happy and that makes your audience happy because it's going to be based in the areas of interest that you and your audience has. Again, I think today again touched about earlier when we were talking about like tailgating at a show. Like we have an artist that is, you know, really big into college football and he'll do stuff like that with his his fans. And it's not something that obviously everyone can do, and it's not the traditional business model for a musician, but if you can make money doing it and you love doing that with your audience, not only does that build 
your relationship with them, but then it also earns you money in a way that, you know, you don't have to, you know, you, you probably couldn't make just by streaming on Spotify or something like that. Well, tell us about your coaching program, the Musician Success Blueprint. Tell us uh, the costs. And since I am a hip hop hip hop artist, if I wanted to sign up for your program, what could I expect signing up? Yeah. So our our Musician Success Blueprint we designed to be a step by step program that walks every artist through the developing and growing their career, from planning to you know growing your income and growing your audience. And what we really wanted to do when we set it out was to make it affordable because a lot of musicians don't have a tremendous amount of money to invest in their career. And the money they do have should be going to their music and education. So our program is, you know, we offered every musician to try out for two weeks for free. And if they really like and enjoy the program and, and see the content as being valuable, we only charge, you know, $20 a month for continued access to it. Then essentially what they do is they, it's a self-guided video program. So they go through and they learn the different aspects of their career. And what's great about it is we provide, you know, assignments and notes and things like that, that really not only help drive the message home, but that you can then take what you learn and immediately apply it to your career so that you are making progress and not just kind of sitting in the same place. And it, what it really does is it gives you direction on what you should be working on and what you should be doing on a you know regular basis so that you can you know, develop all the different aspects of your career. And then as you're going through that process, one of the best elements I think of our program is we help our artists develop their what we call their unique recipe for success. Because again, at the end of the day, every artist is unique and their audience is unique. So you really have to go and discover what is going to make you as an artist successful. And that takes time and it takes learning. And you know, we are there for them throughout that entire process. And as they're working on developing their career, their music, and going through this program, we have a private community for artists where they can talk about what they're working on, get feedback, get help, um, collaborate with the other artists that we work with. So we're really a tight-knit family. And also what's great about that too is in the community, you know, if you need to get expert guidance, TJ and I are always in there answering questions. We do office hours on a regular basis. So we really, it's all of us really kind of collaborating with each other to help each other be successful. And, you know, that's kind of our vision for this. You know, we want to be able to provide affordable education to musicians looking to build careers and but also the personal element of being able to talk to an actual human being about the struggles that you're going through and the obstacles that you're encountering so that you can get the customized help that you actually need to be successful and that's really what we've built with MIC so there are a lot of great programs out there that provide amazing information as do we but we really kind of go to the heart of the problem which is you know helping musicians figure out how to build a business around their music that makes them happy and their audience happy. You guys have any current upcoming projects besides that uh, program that you're working on that people need to know about? Um, I don't think we have any projects. We always are working on new like education teachings and things like that, that we, you know, want to be able to provide like right now I'm working on something that, you know, kind of breaks down the different stages of a musician's career. So they can really kind of gauge like, okay, I'm here. And if I'm in this stage, this is what I should be working on and developing an actual, you know, comprehensive checklist of everything that you need to be doing to get from where you're at to where you want to be so that, you know, you can kind of take a step back and look at it. But these are all kind of things that like, 
you know, are going to take some work to develop, but we really want to do this because I think it's, you know, I think for musicians, it's hard to kind of just get a, a overall picture of what it is that they're trying to do. Everyone just kind of thinks of, I want to be a musician and that's very one dimensional, but there's a lot that goes in to, you know, creating a music career for yourself. And the more light that we can shine on that, the better. So I think the things that we'll be working on is just, you know, ways that we can really kind of shed more light on the overall process because we feel the more musicians understand what it is that they're trying to do with their when they're building it, the more successful it will be. Just like, you know, the more music you know, the more you learn how to write, the better songs that you're going to create. Fill out your contact information for, for those who want to check out your program and keep in touch with everything that you guys are up to. That'd be great. Yeah, our our website is musicianindiecoalition.com. And it's, you know, long, but we're the only website out there that sounds like that. So you should be able to find us. And on there, have some, we have some really great resources for musicians. We have, you know, we offer free career consultations for anyone that wants to talk about us with their career. So they can just kind of get an idea. And then we have some mini programs in addition to our full program. If you just want to try some stuff out, we really encourage you to get over there and, 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 and take a look. Yeah. If you have any questions, I mean, when we do podcasts or meetups and, you know, sometimes we talk in broad strokes because we don't know, you know, we focus very much on the musician in front of us. So if you have any lingering questions about revenue streams that are available to you or anything like that, I encourage you to go to musicianindiecoalition.com and sign up for a free consultation so we can kind of explore that, you know, one-on-one together. So th- that's kind of when we can really hone in and get get practical about the things that you should be doing. All right. Close us out with some final thoughts. Maybe something I forgot to touch on that you guys would like to touch on or just any final thoughts you have for the listener. Um, I, you know, I think overall, I just want to encourage everyone to, if you really feel that you're a musician, then be a musician. There is a lot of you know content out there and a lot of mistrust, I think, between musicians and the industry and for good reason. But just if you really want to be a musician, it's possible you know, just like any other profession. It's just about making sure you find, you know, some trusted help. That could be us. That could be anybody. But, you know, really pursue doing what you love. Because at the end of the day, one of the things that we see, I think most often are, you know, people, you know, that are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and sometimes even in their 70s, where they, you know, just regret never, you know, really going after their career. And don't have that regret. If it's who you are, then you need to find a way to do it. And there is. It is possible to have this as a profession. Maybe you're not selling at Madison Square Garden, but you can have a a career in your local area. So I just really want to encourage you to do that, but get educated on how to do it. Yeah. I'd also like to stress the importance of collaboration and networking. It's not not, not just to find fans, but to find other bands and artists in, in your area or doing in your genre or doing the same thing as you. Um, because they are not your competition. They are your rising tide. It's not a mistake that you see all these, you know, pockets of artists all come up together because, you know, they're, they help each other and they tour together and they play shows together. The best way to get new fans is to play a show with another band and have you, have you both bring your audiences and, and kind of cross-pollinate that way. So don't shy away from that. I feel like a lot of people are behind their computer screens these days and, and don't really get out there and, and meet their fellow musicians, but uh, it's very important. All right, ladies and gentlemen, musicianindiecoalition.com. Be sure to check out TJ and Greg. And if you know of any aspiring musicians, tell them to check out this program. It's very affordable. I'm definitely going to be getting into it myself. 
Please be sure to follow, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments about the show, any uh, guest suggestions, hit me up at cjackson102 at cox.net. TJ and Greg, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much, Curtis. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. Dream.